This podcast is brought to you by Afifima. Welcome to Thank God It's Monday with Tony Aliogin Arafel. Whenever you encounter a problem, a challenge, or some sort of difficult circumstances at work, what do you do instinctively? Do you decide to blame someone? Do you at times blame a colleague, your boss, a company, the economy, the government? Or do you even blame God himself for some of the problems in your life? Sometimes in life, we can blame everybody for our problem, but not blame ourselves. Rather than look for who to blame, the most empowering thing you can do in most cases is to take responsibility for your problems and take the right step to resolve them headlong. Playing the blame game never works. A deep set of research shows that people who blame others for their mistake lose status, learn less, and perform worse relative to those who own up to their mistakes. Research also shows that the same applies for organization. Groups and organizations with a rampant culture of blame have a serious disadvantage when it comes to creativity, learning, innovation, and productive risk-taking. That's why creating a culture of psychological safety is one of the most important things a leader can do. But this isn't easy, and some recent findings offers another reason why. Blaming is contagious. A set of recent studies conducted in collaboration with Stanford Graduate School of Business shows that merely being exposed to someone else making a blame attribution to a mistake was enough to cause people to turn around and blame others for completely unrelated failures. This is different from the kick the dog phenomenon, where a person is more likely to blame the person below them in the hierarchy when they themselves have been blamed by a higher up. Instead, it appears that all you have to do to catch the blame virus is to be exposed to someone else passing the buck. Personal responsibility, also referred to as self-responsibility, means that you don't play the blame game and blame other people for things that are your responsibility, such as your emotions or habits. On the flip side, it also means that you don't blame yourself for something that is outside of your control, like other people's emotions, actions, and hateful behaviors. Why do we avoid living up to this standard of maturity? And why do we shift blames onto others? Blame and shame are often connected. We see this in the story of Adam and Eve. When God confronted them for their disobedience, they blamed anyone but themselves because they were ashamed. Yet the blame game response is the wrong way to handle guilt, failure, or less than ideal circumstances. Instead of shame and blame, we need to face the situation head on, acknowledge our part, and ask ourselves what God wants us to do next. When something goes wrong and we feel threatened, it's natural to want to defend ourselves against repercussions. We might find ourselves scapegoating or trying to shift the blame elsewhere. We may try to distance ourselves from a problem, fearing that taking responsibility for errors or mistakes can harm our careers or make us look bad. But this approach doesn't solve anything. Shifting the blame won't help you meet the deadline, and it doesn't fix the problem that caused the delay. How does this happen? Findings reported in the Journal of Exceptional Social Psychology demonstrated that goal contagion is at work, the gem that spreads as a goal of protecting one's self-image. When people observe others protecting their egos, it spreads. Mood and social learning were ruled out as alternative explanations. These findings means that blame can spread virally. 
Here are some practical steps to prevent the spread of blame in your organization. Number one, don't blame others for your mistakes. The temptation is huge to point finger elsewhere when you make mistakes. Resist it. Not only will you gain respect and loyalty from your followers, you will also help to prevent a culture of blame from emerging. Number two, when you do blame, do so constructively. There are times when people's mistakes really do need to be surfaced in public. In these cases, make sure to highlight that the goal is to learn from mistakes, not to publicly humiliate those who make them. Number three, set an example by confidently taking ownership for failure. Research shows that blame was contagious, but not among those who felt psychologically secure. You need to foster a sense of inner security in order to reduce the chances that you will lash out at others. Number four, always focus on learning. Creating a culture where learning, rather than avoiding mistakes as a top priority, will help to ensure that people feel free to talk about and learn from their errors. Number five, some organizations have gone a step further than create a no-blame culture to rewarding failure and mistake, so long as the mistakes can teach valuable lessons that lead to future innovation. But what do you do when you are the one who is on the receiving end of blames? How should you respond? We will discuss this right after the break. Afifema is the deluxe fashion brand for today's woman. We aim to become a global fashion brand of class, femininity and sophistication with the ultimate goal of making women of all ages look and feel ageless. Visit us today at www.afifema.com Welcome back. Sometimes it's necessary to assign blame in the workplace such as situation in which someone isn't taking their job seriously. However, it is usually more important to discuss what went wrong so workers can avoid making the same mistakes again. There are times when these conversations slide away from what can be improved into the territory of blame. Blame is often counterproductive as it undermines workplace relationships and impedes change. Discussions about mistakes become unproductive when they turn into blaming sessions. Instead of listening, everyone becomes defensive and less forthcoming with information that may lead them into even more trouble. You know that conversations have wandered off track when someone starts working to prove someone else acted wrongly and the focus shifts to accusations. Some companies have a corporate culture that regularly includes finger pointing. Ben Datna, the author of The Blame Game, How Hidden Rules of Credit and Blame Determines Our Success and Failure, told a Wall Street Journal interviewer, that such companies should replace that culture of blaming with problem solving. Instead of focusing on what went wrong, companies should focus on how to make it work next time. Focus on the future. That not told the Wall Street Journal. Companies that focus on blame make their employee afraid of taking risks and trying out new techniques. This can result in missed opportunities for growth because people hide behind corporate rules and regulation. Although it may be natural to become defensive, especially if your supervisor or superior is launching an aggressive and loud verbal attack, try to remain calm. The worst reaction you can have is to become defensive. Instead, use another tactic to broaden his perspective on what actually happened. When it's your turn to speak, start out by saying, here's what I could have done better. 
follow that with a summary of what happened and how you could have acted differently. That way, instead of disagreeing with your accuser, you are given a more balanced view of what happened. It is a chance to point out the direct or indirect part that you played in what happened and to generally correct any misinformation that may have reached your boss. Sometimes you may be blamed for something you didn't do. You may be tempted to take one for the team and accept the blame for something someone else did. Resist that temptation. By wrongfully accepting the blame, you may have a grateful co-worker or two, but others may see it as a strictly political move and distrust your motive. It's also self-defeating to accept the blame for something you didn't do, especially if it cost the company money or a client. The move may haunt you during a performance review or even contribute to losing your job at some time in the future. Assigning blame causes negative emotion for both the blamer and the one being blamed. If you are pointing the finger to another employee, you may be acting out of fear, anger, or desperation to avoid responsibility. If you are being blamed by someone else, you may feel embarrassed, afraid, angry, or even worried about your reputation. The process of assigning blame has less to do with preventing similar problems in the future, so much as it does offloading responsibility and causing negative feelings. If you have to handle a situation at work and don't want to devolve into a blame game, stick to factual statements and the problem-solving process. Discuss the goal, collect the fact to help understand what happened, identify the source of the delay or problem, come up with ways to deal with the problem, and then take time to assess if the proposed strategy will work. Finally, on a personal note, blaming others is giving away your primal power to the people and the conditions that you blame. You reinforce your psychological victim stories and procrastination pattern to the point where they actually become your identity the more you blame. The instinct to blame is a toxic pattern. It deprives us of our agency, weakens our relationships, causes dysfunction, and creates inertia across our lives. We need to see blame for what it is, and we need a new way to reframe it so that we can better understand how and when to appropriately take responsibility in our dynamics. You begin to take back your power to be the creator of your own bravest life and the generator of your wildest dreams once you stop blaming that which is outside you for the things you're currently experiencing. Thank you for your time here with me today. If this has been a blessing to you, feel free to share it with others. I pray that your day and your week ahead turns out great. Stay blessed.